Erev Shabbos Parsha Sav. It is Erev Shabbos Hagadol, candle lighting in New York, 651. This time each and every Friday, every Erev Shabbos. With great pleasure, we present Rabbi Benjamin Yudin, spiritual leader of Congregation Shomrei Torah in Fairlawn, New Jersey, to address the entire listening audience concerning the Torah portion of the week. Good morning, Rabbi Yudin. Good morning, Nachum. Good Erev Shabbos, everybody. And uh, tomorrow we have the privilege of reading Parshas Tzav. According to the Chinuch, there are 18 mitzvos in Parshas Tzav. But this Shabbos has a character which is unique to itself. It's the Shabbos that is known as Shabbos HaGadol, the Shabbos before Pesach. Several reasons quickly why it's called Shabbos HaGadol is because of the several miracles which happened on this day. Moshe said to Paro, one more plague, and then we're out of here, called Makas Pachoros, when the firstborn of Egypt heard and saw that all the other plagues that Moshe had predicted had come true, understandably they were exceedingly nervous. So they petitioned Paro to let the Jewish people go, Paro refused, and there was a civil war on that day, namely the Shabbos before we left Egypt. On the year that we left Egypt, we left on a Thursday. On the prior Shabbos, there was a civil war, and that which we say in the Halil HaGadol, Lamake Mitzrayim Bivchorehem, that God literally smote, hit the Egyptians through their own, namely the civil war. Secondly, this was the day that we designated the Paschal Lamb, the Korban Pesach, and we tied it to our bedposts, and the Lamb made the appropriate sounds, not happy to be confined, the yelling of the lamb, and the Egyptians asked the Jew, what are you going to do with this? Now we know that the Egyptians worshipped the lamb, and therefore our uh, rejection of their deity, their God, and our being able to tell them, we're going to destroy and kill your God, and they could not retaliate, that was a miracle. And finally, the Haftorah for this Shabbos, the Shabbos before Pesach, comes from the last Navi, the last prophet that the Jewish people had, namely Malachi, and he promises, strong word, that God is going to send before the great day of the arrival of Moshiach. It's a Shabbos which puts us very much in the redemptive mode of the forthcoming Yom Tov of Pesach. Traditionally, in all communities, the rabbi gives a what is known as a Shabbos HaGadol Drasha, usually focusing and should focus on a summary of the laws of Pesach, reminding people in terms of kashering, which kalim can be kashered, which kalim should not be kashered, going through different parts of the Seder, and therefore preparing persons 
everybody for the forthcoming Yom Tov. And usually a halachic topic is taken, and I'd like to discuss with you the following. There are two biblical mitzvos that are unique to the night, the night of Pesach. And they are, there's a biblical mitzvah to eat matzah, and there is a biblical mitzvah of Sipur Yitzias Mitzrayim, to tell over the story which we call the Haggadah, stemming from the Pasuk, Vigadatol Bincha. And I'd like to ask a very simple question. Why is there no bracha on Magid, no bracha on the mitzvah of Sipur Yitzias Mitzrayim? So the Avudraham asks this question, and he answers, as uh, does the Rashbah, that in reality there is no limit to, or there's no exactitude to this mitzvah, and perhaps just in his davening Mayriv, where he said the bracha of Ga'al Yisrael, just in the recitation of Kiddush, where he mentioned Zechel Etzias Mitzrayim, that in of itself could be a fulfillment of this mitzvah. The Chavos Da'as, in his Haggadah Masanisim, says, wait a minute, tonight it's not sufficient to do what we do all year long, which is Zechiras Yitzias Mitzrayim, remembering tonight there has to be Sipur, and Sipur includes the concept of, number one, explaining the mitzvos, Pesach, Matzah, and Moror. Number two, it's to be done with question and answers by telling others. And the, the and therefore, one cannot satisfy their obligation uh, asks the Masanisim Haggadah with simply the three words of Zechel Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim or the bracha of Ga'al Yisrael. And therefore, what is his, his response? Why we don't have a bracha on Sipu Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim? He says very sharply that wherever the bracha is found as part of the mitzvah, such as Birkas HaMazon. There's a biblical mitzvah to recite Birkas HaMazon after one finishes eating. Now, there's no bracha on a bracha. Since the bracha or mitzvah of Birkas HaMazon is couched in brachos, Hazon Esakol, Mazon, so similarly... As there is no bracha, the bracha within the Magid is that of Asher Go'olanu. So once there is a bracha as part of the mitzvah, you don't say another bracha before you do the mitzvah. The Me'iri, interestingly, in his commentary on the Gemara and Brachos, Yud Beis Amid Beis, says that... In reality, we satisfy our bracha with the bracha of Emesve Omuna that we say at night time. But he does say 
that there were those that made a bracha, but that is clearly a an opinion which has not been accepted the halacha today. The Chassam Sofer in his drushos has a very beautiful point. He asks, okay, Asher Ga'olanu is the bracha, but we know that on all mitzvos, the bracha is recited over la siyosan, which means before we do the act. Why is the bracha here said at the end? And his answer is most profound. He says that, what do we say in the Haggadah? Bechol dor v'dor, in every generation, you're obligated to look upon yourself as if you left Egypt. Tonight, the night of the Pesach Seder, there is an incredible transformation which is happening in the individual. You were once an Eved. You were once a non-Jew. And just as the non-Jew, when they are literally prepared to become the Jew, culminating their Geirus process of conversion, they're in the mikvah. They cannot make the bracha alat fila before they immerse because they're not yet Jewish. They go down, then they make the bracha. Ah, similarly, we can't make the bracha till the end when after Hashem has taken us out, literally, not just symbolically, but and not just historically, literally each one of us, then we're able to uh, recite the bracha afterwards of Ga'al Yisrael. And interestingly, he adds that this might be why we start the Seder by breaking the matzah. And what do we do? Listen carefully. We don't say, obviously, at that time, the motzi. We know that you're to make a bracha al hasholem. Here, we don't have a sholem to show that we were, at that point, in Egypt, not yet Jewish, and therefore we do an act which reflects that state of prior to becoming a Jew. And once again, we have the interesting comment in the Haggadah Shal Pesach from the Zichron Neflaos, who was the son-in-law of the Chavos Das, and he says that you only make a bracha on a mitzvah, which is bima'aseh, which is literally where you do an action, shake the lula, blow the shofar, etc., but not on a mitzvah, where the entire mitzvah is simply ba'amira and dibur. And let me just say one or two other very quick points, and that is as follows, that you don't make a bracha, says the Rabbi Rucham Perlo, citing the rush that you don't make a bracha on a mitzvah which is toloi ba'acherim, dependent on others. And here it's kiyashol bincha. Here it's the gadatol bincha. And he says very strongly that according to the rush, the mitzvah is only if you are with another one and you're communicating to another one who's willing to listen, etc. But a person, lo'aleinu, who's making a seder by himself, of course he's going to say the Haggadah. But according to the rush, it's only a mitzvah dira banon at such a point. Now, finally, there is that opinion, well, not just finally, one or two more. Why don't we make a bracha? So 
an answer very beautifully is that if you're going to make a bracha, that, like the Rokeach says, okay, that we make a bracha vitzivanu, and asher kitshanu b'mitzvosav, that God separated us, not just sanctified us, but from other people. And therefore, what's happening is that we are different when we shake a lulav. We are different when we uh, eat the matzah. But to say thank you, oh my goodness, if you have to tell somebody to say thank you, that diminishes from the thank you. And therefore, but we... Same way as Rabbi Haigon says, that we don't make a bracha on the Hallel at the Seder, because at that point it is spontaneous, and so too we don't make a bracha on Sipri Yetzias Mitzrayim, right, says Rabbi Shlomo Kluva, because it has to come instinctively from the individual. Interestingly, let me tell you that the Imre Emes, the Ger Rebbe, what he uh, did was when he made the bracha in shul on the mitzvah, on the recitation of Hallel, Asher Kitshon of the Mitzvah, as many people have the practice of saying Hallel in shul, Likro is a Hallel. At that point there, he had in mind the mitzvah of Sipri Yetzias Mitzrayim, which is also a form of Hallel. I just want to conclude with the idea that the night of the Pesach Seder is, quote, transformative. Many reasons are given for the Kittel. We ate the Korban with a white gown. And we have the Nirzah saying that we ask Hashem that the Seder should be accepted as if it was a Karban. But I'd like to suggest that the Kittel is reminding us of Yom Kippur, the Fnei Hashem. And just as on the Yom Kippur experience, the Jew goes through an incredible, transformative experience, that's what the Pesach Seder is ideally to be. And just as the two positive mitzvos, which have kores, which are Mila and Pesach, Mila gives the baby the opportunity to absorb and accept Torah and to one become closer, it's bris kodesh, closer to Hashem, so too Pesach is that mitzvah asay. And well, we don't have the Korban Pesach today, we do have the Pesach Seder, and this very special evening is to have that kind of transformative effect upon us that Baruch Hashem, just as we experienced the Geula in the past, the night of the Pesach Seder promises us that the Geula is going to come in the future. Shabbat Shalom to all.